calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Sarah Michelle Gallagher. Hello. Hello! Welcome to We Stand Together, a pop culture academic symposium. It's so true. Welcome, welcome. We are the pop culture professors. I'm Caitlin Bitsagai. I'm Lauren Brickman. And you know, we're a couple of smart people talking about some dumb topics. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, We've mm-hmm. both taught at the college level. Uh, we have master's degrees, but we do this podcast all about standing. Lauren, could you instruct the students what is standing? Standing is when you are an obsessive fan of something, someone. Maybe it's a character on a TV show. Maybe it's a real life celebrity couple. Maybe it's a clothing item. You know, Caitlin has been known to stand inanimate objects from time to time. And, you know, I actually, I, I've mentioned this in a previous episode, this semester oh, wow. for the first time, I actually am teaching a pop culture history class. We were just talking about fandom theory this week. And oh, wow. I am, I just want to celebrate with the stand stands that I am getting paid to force people into writing their own fan fictions. And it does feel like I am descending into my truest form. Wow. Lauren, you are theory. You are praxis. You are doing this on all angles. It is amazing. Thank you so much. much. If people do want to read the Avatar-inspired fan fiction, I'm forcing them to write next week after I take them to see it in 3D in the middle of a school day, please slide into my DMs. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. We will be doing that. So do you have, do you yourself have a current stand of the week? I have two because I'm, oh being, my, whoa. I'm being greedy and I'm being selfish and I need to talk about two separate things. Okay. Go for it. The first Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. you know, 
I have liked Lady Gaga. You know, I was a college girl when she first hit the scene. I got a lot of memories tied up in her jams. Got memories tied up in those jams. Got memories tied up in them jams. And you clearly have seen me many a night around 2 a.m. crying into my whiskey, singing through A Star is Born. Absolutely. Most nights. So, like, most... Yeah, let's say I have your, I have the nanny cam on you. It's and I true. It. I, I always forget that I let you put that camera in my house. And you did it. You just gave I, me the monitor. That's true. I put the I left the monitor at your apartment the last time I decorated your home. But I had never seen her in concert before. I've never seen her mm-hmm. live before. No, and I went on your birthday weekend. You were you were in France, so it's not like it wasn't I didn't with me, but you. it was an honor my birthday. But in honor of your birthday, I went to my aunt. I went to Miami and saw Lady <laughs> Gaga live. Miami, Miami. <laughs> but I went to her live, and it was extraordinary. It was a wonderful concert. I believe it, it did end early because the tropical storm came, and she did try to keep going on, and they would not let her back on stage. It was quite dangerous, um, but it was a great night. Hugely back on the Gaga train. Yeah, I saw Lady Gaga on Instagram crying about the fact she, she did. did not finish the concert for you. She was really upset. Yeah, she specifically said, Lauren Brickman, I know you have an ear infection and I know it's raining and your friends have made you stay in the rain for hours and you're sad. I'm sorry for you, Lauren Brickman, I can't perform. And I thought that was really nice that someone acknowledged what I personally was going through that night. Right. Yeah. Um, But in addition to Lady Gaga, I have to mention how excited I am that Abbott Elementary is back. Season Mm -hmm. two is starting off so strong loved that episode that kicked off the season we got a gritty cameo i am (laughs) all in on abbott elementary and i'm so excited that it like in season two it feels like a lot of other people are i felt like it was like not a lot of people talking about it when it first started last year and so it's really exciting to be watching it i feel like everyone else is watching it too and i'm really into that feeling it's an emmy darling an emmy darling now and uh i really love it and i also have to shout out to friend of the podcast lord ashley smith who tweeted how her mom calls it (laughs) quinta and i love that i love that her mom asks if quinta is being recorded on the dvr um i hope to someday have a parent asking somewhere if lauren is on the dvr oh Um, wow that'll be it'll just be one of my parents probably I did. Wait, this is such a side. I'm already off the. I am so far off the track. No, you're right today. on track. Right on track. I do need to share something. Okay. Something really weird happened today to me. Okay. And I haven't gotten to process it with anyone. And I knew I was going to see you. And I was like, thank God, Caitlin can help me understand what happened. I was. I had coffee with a friend of mine this morning before I went to work. And I was trying to decide which train to take because I had like two different lines and I was sort of in between the two. Mm-hmm. What a city girl on, moment. Okay. What a city girl moment. It was a real Carrie, Carrie Bradshaw. Bradshaw. <laughs> yeah, I was really Carrie Bradshaw. If she ever know? took the train. Yeah, she doesn't know how to use the subway, but I do. Um, but in that moment, I was sort of like, oh, where do I go? And I was really looking at my phone, really thinking about my options. Oh, yeah. And I felt a man kind of, cl- you know, when you can feel that someone's like a little too close to you. Sure. sure and you're sure. like. I'm just not going to make a thing of it. I'm just going to move away. As I'm moving away, I hear, I know you. And I ignore it. And I hear, no, I really, I know you. And I look up. I do not recognize this person. But they're like, I knew it. I know you. I know you. You're in that movie. And I said, no, I'm not. And I kept walking. And he goes, no, you were in that movie. And all day long, I've been wondering, was this person just 
crazy or are they a huge Gloria Bell fan and recognize me from the five seconds of footage I was in? I think, think that they are uh, Julianne Moorhead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they have seen Gloria Bell <laughs> dozens of times. Okay, okay. They've slowed it down on microfiche and they recognized mm-hmm. you and you wow. frankly squandered an opportunity with a fan. So do you think I should have run into that man's arms instead of running away from him? I don't need, I don't know the physical contact was necessary, but I think you just say thanks for the support, you know? Okay. What do you think it says about me that my immediate reaction was just, no, 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 no. Well, I just, just said no a lot. Okay. I think that's okay. Okay. Would you have done something differently? I, because one of the things I love about you, Caitlin, is you have great vision for your friends. And what should I have done? Did I do the right thing? Should I have done something different? Well, as someone who recently, and mm-hmm. this is, it, you know, in this pandemic times was recognized, uh, from UCB's Herald Night at a bar. Wow. At a bar? I accepted it graciously. Um, mm-hmm. I said uh, they got the team right. That was <gasps> amazing. Like, and that is not, oh, that team is, I've not mm-hmm. been on the team since 2015. So when I make an impact on my fans, you know, yeah. I just try to be present with them because right. you know, I know it's such, such a special moment for them. You're right. I should have, I should have just said what movie. And he probably would have said that above average Chipotle video where you were dressed like Snow White and ate a burrito. That's probably where he recognized me. Damn it. A gig's a gig. I, 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 you oh, you're just out here listing your resume and poo-pooing That's it. really well, all I want to do is remind people of just the heights that I've soared to. You know? I guess so. <laughs> Kayla, what are you standing this week? You know, I wanted to give a shout out in memoriam mm-hmm. uh, to the great Coolio. Uh, mm. lost him too soon. Way too soon. The stories are pouring out. It seems like he was a good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he dominated the the 90s airwaves. Of course, Gangsta's Paradise. But, you know, I'd say if you haven't heard Fantastic Voyage in a while, get on mm. that. That's on you. Uh, I feel like he had one more hit left in him. And I'm, I'm wondering if next summer we'll get some, like, posthumous Coolio. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for. Do you, did you ever get to see him live? No. Oh, bummer. So, you know, condolences to his family and also Michelle Pfeiffer. I <laughs> Have we seen a statement from Michelle? I don't know if she's, she's probably pretty raw. Yeah, yeah. That's- She'll post on her Instagram one chair. It's turned around and we'll yeah. know what that is about. I, I will. I If Michelle Pfeiffer did that, I would actually sob for days. I would be inconsolable because <laughs> it would move. It would, that would really move me absolutely (laughs) well you know who is always cool in my eyes i think it's probably today's guest yeah (laughs) welcome shane o'neill i was really hoping you'd say the michelle pfeiffer to your coolio because that's really how i feel well i i know you feel like you're the michelle pfeiffer to my coolio but i feel like that would be inauthentic of me to say because I actually think the Michelle Pfeiffer to my Coolio is friend of the podcast, Katie Swan, who's a nursing student and has actually saved my life on more than one occasion. But I do think you're a huge, I think you're more of a, a mythical figure in my life, like something yeah. transcendent, you know? Like, yeah, like, like, like wow. Nessie. <laughs> <laughs> Some I'm say a- you don't exist, but I can tell you're under there. <laughs> if you stare at a lake long enough, I'll pop up at some point. 
Lauren, you really just turned the chair around on Shane because he tried to tell you something and you said, oh, no, you're in my classroom now. I have not watched Dangerous Minds recently, but I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, isn't the plot of that movie just like a woman did her fucking job? Yeah. <laughs> Even though some of her students were different from her. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. Also, what does she say at the beginning of the music video? Doesn't she say to, to Coolio, like, so tell me what happened? Like, there, there's yes. a spoken. Yeah. Yes, that is something we've lost is that music videos would have like dialogue inspired mm -hmm. by the movie. You know yeah. what else we've lost to time is the TV spinoff of Dangerous Minds. Do you remember this? Ooh, yes, with Annie Potts. Yes. And did she have a Southern accent on it? I recall mm -hmm. her being Southern and being like, this is not the same. Yeah, I she just did marry Joe from Designing Women. Pretty much, yeah. She knew. She was just cashing those checks. She's yeah. like, absolutely no way. This goes to season two. By Maybe the way, not. just last thing about Dangerous Minds. I loved Never. that soundtrack it, when I was a kid. Yeah, and do you remember they had that song by Sister, which was the girl group that Missy Elliott was in before she started her... Um, yeah. So, so there was a girl yeah. I had a crush on in eighth grade named Lauren, and I knew she liked hip-hop. So I memorized <laughs> Missy no. Elliott's rap from Sister. Wow. <laughs> and, and was, like, prepared to perform it for her to, like, win her over. And luckily for both of us, I was like... Oh, by the way, the same girl, she loved cool water per, like, cologne. Yeah. So I remember I got a sample of it from a magazine and put it on once, and then was like, Lauren, I'm wearing cool water. And she went... Get over here so I can smell you. <laughs> Wait, oh, wow. Shane, did we go to school together? Oh, my, there you are. Lauren! <laughs> Shane well, is so awkward. <laughs> luckily for both of us, I was like, hey, Lauren, do uh, you know the Dangerous Sound, uh, Dangerous Mind soundtrack? And she went, I hate that soundtrack. And so I did not perform the rap as I had planned. Oh, no. But oh, I know many of the words to it to this day. In fact, every no. time someone tells me to freestyle, which obviously is quite frequently. Yeah, that's, that's what I do. Yeah. Well, well, oh, my God. I think about Missy Elliott. She's like one of those people that's been in so many weird moments of pop culture. I mean, including with the Madonna, Britney, Christina kiss. And then she comes out oh, yeah. after that. And if you remember, she's introduced by Madonna <laughs> screaming, yo, 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 who that be? <laughs> Which, and you can, like, Missy is trying to make eye contact with us, the audience. Like, I'm opting out of this. Like, I'm, I'm physically here, but I am with you at home. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Missy Elliott has the energy of just like, yeah, I'll show up for that. That just sort of seems like she's like, what? You want me to what? Okay, sure, I'll do it. I, I really oh. admire that about her. Absolutely. You get yeah. great stories that way. But speaking of stories, uh, you know what we're theme. here to talk about today? Journalism in Journalism. pop culture. Yes. Because we have with us the foremost New York Times writer. Oh, please. No, no. The top one. Yeah. <laughs> Can we, literally works for the New York Times, but let's not say foremost. There's, there's mm. enough, there's enough um, people looking for, for chinks in the armor at the New York Times as it is. <laughs> You're right. You're bigger than the New York Times. Fair. Okay. That's what I was, that's what I was yeah. getting at. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. King of all media, I think is what I was going yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To limit yeah. you to one publication does you an injustice. You're right. And a disservice. You're right. You're right. Um, but when I, but Caitlin and I, when we think of journalism, we think of you. Mm -hmm. And when we think of pop culture, we think of you. And so mm -hmm. we had to bring those two things together. And also, I have to say, I, I don't, I didn't realize how qualified I was to also oh, speak okay. on this, this until, you know, 
Caitlin and I were, we always like to pull our credits for the topic. And I realized mine go way back, you know. Well, let's hear them. When I was in high school, and I don't want to brag about how cool I was, I was a leader in the Girl Scout organization, and I was on the Cadet Senior Planning Board. That's right. And I was editor for the Cadet Senior Planning Board newsletter. Okay. I edited that. And then I also briefly contributed to my middle school paper. Uh, I once, as an employee of a theater company, was empowered to create the Bagel Brunch Buzz, which was a newsletter in the company. Whoa. Um, yeah. And wait, I'm sorry, the bagel brunch buzz? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It came Boy, out every I'm, Sunday morning. I'm when... hoping that is not copywritten because the New York Times needs a new section. Well, I am available <laughs> and I can show you the old editions. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have a pull quote from Adina Menzel in one of them uh, because it was what it gave me an excuse to go around talking to the talent. Oh, wait. So you got to talk to Adina Menzel for the bagel brunch buzz? Basically, I was. That's major. But you ever talked to Adina Menzel for the Bagel Brunch Bus? Yeah. I was empowered to walk around this theater company being like, hey, we're doing a little segment for the newsletter. And people would, for whatever reason, actually talk to me. Um, And I had a little section called Lauren's Lessons Learned where I would turn all of my faux pas into a cute little essay. Anyways. um, And then I have a couple of actual bylines, but those are boring. What's more exciting is this Mm -hmm. Bagel Brunch Buzz that I did. But I really do feel like I am journalist in pop culture so i'm like you shane um similarly i don't feel like calling myself a new york times uh, no. journalist is enough to no really don't limit yourself paint the picture of my contributions to journalism no and start with the b cubed as we call mm-hmm. it the bagel brunch mm-hmm. buzz thank um, you you know start with <laughs> the, those bylines first Wait, I, I'm sorry, but I am just genuinely impressed that you talked to Adina Menzel for the Bagel Brunch Buzz. I think that's really cool. <laughs> like, I'm not sure. I will, I will, I will have to look up an old uh, issue and see if I can find. I'll, I'll send you a list of all the people that I use this as an excuse to talk to. <laughs> but side note, Adina Menzel. When I was a kid, I read that. I read the Rent book. You remember the yeah. rent book that of it was course. like it was made to look like it was made out of duct tape, but it wasn't. Yeah. Um, oh, and she beautiful. talked about how she was like, when when I was 15, I auditioned for a wedding band and Ooh. I didn't tell them how old I was. And I was like, well, that's my pathway to stardom. So I responded <laughs> to ads looking for musicians for wedding bands. And I, I remember oh, only one God. got back to me and they were like, well, we're not looking for singers. We're looking for musicians. <laughs> and I was like, well, I play the cello. Oh. And they were like, okay, send us a tape. So I recorded on my boombox me like playing the cello oh. and sent it to them. And they were like, we're not oh. interested. And but... you memorized, you had the Missy Elliott rap. Yeah. I said, this is for Dan and sister? Lisa. <laughs> you ever. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Wow. <sighs> You know, I thought I didn't really have any credits, but uh, as usual, your uh, discussion has reminded me of a bizarre professional uh, gig that I had. This was really my first job. I worked uh, at an energy company at the internal communications department, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which like this was like right before the economy fell to shit, kind of in the long 90s. It was the odds, but like things were okay. Yeah. And uh like we had money and we also had like nothing to do. So it would be mm. like, I would be like the youngest one. And like, we'd be like, okay, there's a guy who works on uh, floor five and he, he rides a recumbent bike to work. So maybe we could do a story on him. And oh then it would be gosh. like us calling him and him being like, yeah, I don't want to do that. That was most of it. 
<laughs> or like if the company had like a charity thing, we'd be like, the charity went really well. We were like reporters for within the company. <laughs> <laughs> and again we just like watch tv all day my boss would just tell me about her daughter's volleyball games <laughs> this guys i think most of our uh listeners are younger than me like there was there was a time america was great <laughs> well did the volleyball games ever get into the report as it were <laughs> i bet they did i don't specifically remember but i i bet oh my god that's that's amazing yeah, so I guess we're all journalists, is basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so we're all equally, um, we're all on the same page. We're all, we're all here. We're all ready. I think, I think it's obvious that we have the creds to jump into our first game. Shane, <sighs> are you ready to play a game? I'm thrilled to play a game. Well, Shane, here at We Stand, we are big fans of a little game we call Pitch Fire. Mm -hmm. And today we're doing Pitch Fire Breaking News Edition. Ooh. Because we know that you're not only a hard-hitting New York Times journalist, but a prolific mm -hmm. creator with experience pitching television shows. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm going to put your imaginative, your imaginative brain to the test because I have five different IPs that I need you to spin into a series. Are you right. ready? <laughs> I'm. I was born ready for this. All right. And uh, I, I'll. You know, you can just send me the documentation to show that mm -hmm. I own these ideas. Yep. That you mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. uh huh. Uh, yeah. Where you know, hold holding my executive. Producer credit for five yeah. seconds. Yeah, okay, all those. Yeah. Okay, great. It's all there. It's all it's okay, all wonderful. above board. Wonderful. So um congratulations. Uh Amazon Prime has secured the rights <laughs> to Cameron Crowe's cinematic masterpiece, Almost Famous. Because as we all know, it's about to open on Broadway. And Amazon thinks, <laughs> okay, it's time to also adapt it for television. The twist, it has to be a totally different era. Okay, so they know you, Shane, and they know you have not only a background in creating television and journalism, like the main character in Almost Famous, the teen who was reporting for Rolling Stone. We need you to figure out how to make this reboot, reimagination work. What time period, what era, what genre, how do you make it work? Amazon Prime, they need you. Amazon Prime, this is the prequel with Frances McDormand's character, and it's just wow. her yelling at all the groupies' moms for being too loud while she's trying to study. Wow. So all it's right. like, what would it be? The 40s, where mm -hmm. she's at, you mm -hmm. know, one of the Seven Sisters schools, <gasps> and Frances McDormand is like, I'm just trying to learn. And all the groupies' moms, like, I don't know, Penny Lane's wow. mom would be like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Dollar Road. Um, and she's like, you fast girls are too fast, but it's the forties. So fast means something different. Mm. And, uh, it's a, it's a real celebration of no fun. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, a lot of shushing. Maybe that would be even wow. the, the title of it. Almost quiet. Like, because nothing's ever quiet enough for her. Wow. 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 Well, apparently almost quiet was a huge smash success. Mm -hmm. And Thank so you. now MTV <laughs> is bringing you in for a Whoa. meeting. Whoa, okay. This industry's nuts. Your head's spinning. It's wild. Work begets work, okay? Yeah. So MTV's bringing you in, and they need your help because they need an idea for a scripted web series that mm -hmm. follows the on-air talent and crew for the MTV Movie Awards red carpet coverage. <laughs> Now, mm -hmm. Shane, the challenge is, how do you make this concept bearable and, dare I say, even enjoyable? 
Um, there is a glitch where, okay, two things. Number one, mm-hmm. there's a like a, a world-threatening event. Like So Ooh, it's up to the MTV right. crew, the MTV red carpet crew. They are the lifeline to the world of how to save the world. Like, stop the comet from hitting mm-hmm. and keep the citizenry safe. And also, the microphones are malfunctioning in a way that they will only pick up human speech if someone is farting in real life at the same time. So, wow. you know, it's okay. like... This is the thing, is that Serena Altschul, I mean, that's how old I am. That's why I sure. still think Serena Altschul is covering, or I don't know, who's covering them? Emma Chamberlain mm-hmm. is like, mm-hmm. she tries to warn them. She's like, turn off, get away from your windows. But it just sounds like, unless she's farting, in which case you simultaneously oh, hear a wow. fart and you hear her being like, get away from the windows. So how can they keep farting and how can they get enough farts and how can they coordinate them in time to save civilization? And then Missy Elliott performs. Wow! As in, there's a sister reunion on that. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! On, on the show. Mm-hmm. This is thrilling. This is absolutely thrilling, and it's no wonder that now the BBC has come calling. Oh my the god! BBC coming to calling because the Emma, they yeah. heard about you all the way over across the pond. Okay. And now the BBC <laughs> has it, it has come to you with a very vague notion of an idea mm-hmm. it, it's it's actually inspired by a rabbit hole that i often find myself going down the rabbit hole of the newscaster fail you know there have mm-hmm. been quite a few epic ones now how do you take this idea of these newscaster fail videos that we've all watched for endless hours on youtube and spin it into a series Oh, wow. I mean, do you need to spin it into a series? It really is one of, you can just watch them for hours. Mm-hmm. So maybe they do that even like on airplanes or something. So does this, this is, um, and may I ask a follow-up question? Does this yeah, need to be, a, this is a scripted uh, comedy series? Well, you know, they're not sure. They're the BBC and that's why they're coming to you. They they know this is an IP worth exploring. They're not quite sure they know how. So what do you think they should do? I think it should be sort of like Murder, She Wrote, where mm-hmm. in the same way that there was a super high murder rate in Cabot Cove, it's like wow. there's okay. a bunch of bloopers that happen live on news cameras and every single time it results in someone dying and then like a plucky researcher because she would have to be like brainy and behind the scenes. She has to solve mm-hmm. the mystery every week. So, yes, it's like every every single newscast, someone <laughs> dies on camera. Great for ratings. I mean, people sort of catch on that you have a pretty high chance of a snuff, a snuff news hour, mm-hmm. and then the the news assistant has to solve the um or the researcher has to solve the um solve the the case. How's that, BBC? Wow, wow, that's uh, it's everything they could have possibly wanted and more. I have to say, I'm I'm the least excited about that one, but the pound being so weak right now, I'm not that disappointed. Yeah, it, right. you know, they're getting what they're paying for. Exactly. Let's be honest. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, this one is a personal um, favorite. Uh, It's. I thought you were going to say a personal favor. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know what? Not no. Not no. Because there is a story about an American photojournalist that I think the world should really know. And I kind of can't believe that more people don't remember this, this moment in time. I don't know if you all remember, but in October of 2004, an American photojournalist by the name of Paul Taggart was one of the only non-embedded photojournalists covering the Iraq war. And 
He was actually kidnapped and held hostage for three days before being released. And it, it made like national news. He was when he finally got released, he was on like CNN. He was on MSNBC. He was like there was a ton of coverage at the time. But it kind of doesn't I've brought this up more than once and people don't really remember it. And I, I remember it very well because it just so happens that. At the same time this man was being kidnapped, a 17-year-old high school senior named Lauren Brickman um, was sitting in her bedroom having a crush on this man because he had been my summer camp counselor. No! It was a really big deal for me that my crush was making international news. Um, I don't know if you've ever cut out headlines from the newspaper about the boy you like being kidnapped, but I did. So what's the log line for this series? <laughs> well, I've never had that happen. I will say hmm. the second boy I ever um, fooled around with was in a P- national PSA commercial about <laughs> HIV. Um, oh, and wow. that, that freaked me out when I was <laughs> 16 years old. Um, so I feel like we're basically on the same page here. Yeah, yeah, so I'm sorry. Are you asking yeah. me to spin this into a comedy series? Whatever kind of series you want. <laughs> oh, okay. Um this is psychodrama, so this wow, is wow, like wow. King, okay. King of Comedy, but you're Sandra Bernhard, <gasps> and um, he is re-kidnapped by you. <laughs> but like, I, the, I'm I'm trying to see what this would look That's like. Good. But I like I yeah. like the irony of you being like, I I, lo- I want there to be a question of like, what does freedom and bondage mean? And him being like, <laughs> I would I feel like it has to come down to him choosing to be kidnapped by the original forces that kidnapped him rather than no offense, but rather than me with sure. um, you. Um, <laughs> so I think, I think that's what it would be is the King of comedy meets uh, the hurt locker, I guess. I love it. I love it. I love the Finally. idea of, you know, it makes sense. A uh, 17 year old logic being like, Oh my God, why didn't I think of kidnapping him first? That is very funny. Mm-hmm. All right. Exactly. Well, now I'm angry that uh, I haven't written that script yet. Hey, get on mm. it. Um, I can I can kick you some of my BBC pounds. To... <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, thank you. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, we have one final pitch fire challenge. Mm-hmm. And this is a bit of a free space. Mm-hmm. Shane, because of your tremendous success that you've had with Amazon mm-hmm. Prime, the BBC, mm-hmm. MTV, mm-hmm. Lauren Brickman Studios, mm-hmm. you now... I, okay, I, I will say it seems like the studios are getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> Honestly, word is getting around about what it's like to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> Even though these are big successes, like, the word is be like, be like, he was $17 million over budget on fart sound effects. Um, we hired the best fart mouth in the business, and he was he walked off the set because Shane was making him make fart noises until his teeth, lips, and tongue were numb. <laughs> Teeth being numb is such a times up. feeling. <laughs> There's up. a campaign hall called Time's Up, Shane. <laughs> They're all, all right. brown ribbons. <laughs> but Shane, the exciting thing is Hollywood noticed, and now you have an overall deal with Hollywood. Okay. Oh, great. Just all like Shane Diaz. Yep. You have an overall deal just like Shane Diaz, <laughs> and they love your comedy concerts. And so <laughs> you are being empowered to take any of your actual real life New York Times bylines and turn it into a series. Which of your real, true-life bylines are you going to take and spin into a series? Oh, my God. That is so so difficult. But obviously, I'm going to go with my most recent story about the trend of walking around with your jeans undone. (laughs) (laughs) 
because it writes itself. So what's the elevator pitch for why this is the byline that has to be spun into a series? Well, I think it has to be like, uh, it's going to be one of those like uh, Midas Touch or Emperor's New Clothes things where like very hot girl is in a rush after the bathroom and starts a fashion trend or she gets <gasps> cursed where like everything oh. everything she does becomes a fashion trend. So it's like, you know, she gets kicked in the face by a horse and then it's like, you know, horse injuries are like the hot new thing, something like that. Right. Oh um, and God. then in the end, she realizes, I don't know, the true meaning of fashion, which is being yourself, I assume. <laughs> <gasps> Shane, why is this so good? Why do uh, I and obviously I'm shooting, so I'm shooting for Hallmark Channel here and basically <gasps> nothing else. Maybe, maybe oxygen is a fallback, but. Stop! Um, but, Everything mean, you're saying gets better and better. Um, and uh, Sh- Cheyenne Jackson has to play an edgy um, photographer because he's tired of being the nice boy. Oh my God, I wish I could watch this right now as I fall asleep. I've got great news. <laughs> 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 I've already written, recorded, edited, and produced this series. Yep. So we are just going to play the pilot for the rest of the episode. All right. And I'll just describe what's happening of... visually. Yeah. You know what? This is actually, we're going to take a quick break because I need to watch episode one and then we'll be right back. Wonderful. All right, we are back. Episode one of Fashionista Fairy Tale was everything I could have wished for and more. Um, Cheyenne Jackson has never been better than in this series. So thank mm-hmm. you. It's a side Shane. we haven't seen before. You know? I know. I thought there's a lot of problematic stuff, to be honest. Oh, are you talking about all the, the cruelty to horses that happened <laughs> during that one? That all one right, well, one. just follow look at my Twitter thread. Call the ASPCA, get over it. But in the meantime, I have a thesis that I would like to share with you all uh, today. But before I get into the meat of my thesis, I'm going to just set a little tone for us by playing a trailer from a film that I saw in 1994 and quickly became, (laughs) for some reason, my favorite movie. Um, Mind you, I was born in 1986. I saw this movie when it came out in 1984. You do the math of how young I was and think about uh, what was going on in my home, that this was for quite a while my favorite movie. Uh, All right, here we go. We're going to watch a little trailer of what my favorite movie was in 1994. She's a rookie reporter. He's an award-winning newsman. Where are you from, Peterson? Look, I realize every cub reporter in the skirt must go gaga at the great bracket approaching them. You have zero chance of scoring here. Trust me. Move on. I'm sorry. Where did you say you're from? Bitchville? (laughs) 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 Oh, by the way, I never did thank you for the mud. You're very welcome. I hope you named him after me. I certainly did. Yeah, I've grown real attached to Little Dick. Covering the same big story. The train crashes, the sun dies, and the briefcase is stolen. And the closer they get to the truth. The kid who stole it is murdered, but before he dies, he writes the initials LD on his palm. The more they'll need each other <laughs> to stay alive. Bracket! Somebody's trying to kill us over a cow hormone? Is that what you think, Bracket? Is that what you think, Peters? <laughs> Tell me if you think we're in some kind of trouble here. I think we're in some kind of trouble here. Hang on, Peterson! 
Julia Roberts. Stay there, I'll shoot. I don't think so. Think again. Nick Nolte. Put your seatbelt on, Peterson. I Love Trouble, a Nancy Myers Charles Shire film. Honey, we've been rescued. <laughs> Um, I Love Trouble, the Nick Nolte, Julia Roberts uh, rom-com that pits two reporters against each other. Before I go into my thesis statement, uh, do you both have feelings, opinions on this property? I do. I have several. So first of all, watching this trailer, Mm -hmm. she says she names the dog Little Dick, and then Mm -hmm. the the kid writes LD on his palm when Mm -hmm. he dies. Mm -hmm. So obviously that meant Little Dick. Mm -hmm. So sorry, just cracked the whole plot. Um, Also, I feel like the movie would have done better at the box office if it had just been called Where Are You From, Bitchville? (laughs) Maybe the best line I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, I would also like to share that I auditioned for this show, this movie, when I was a child. What? Were you supposed to be one of the Boy Scouts? (laughs) Yes, ma'am. They did an open open call for summer campers. They didn't say Boy Scouts, but they said summer campers. And they specifically said, of all sizes. And as a fat kid, I was like, it's my chance. So all those kids can suck it. I would have done such a better job of taking pictures of Julia Roberts. Wow. Mm -hmm. I did not mean to stumble upon your childhood trauma and disappointment. Well, and now now I'm like, did I enact revenge by becoming a journalist? Be like, I'll show them. I'm the star of I Love Trouble now. But obviously I'm the one from Bitchville. Welcome to Bitchville. I can't believe, I mean, I can't believe Bitchville was in a trailer back then. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. pretty vulgar. That had the green all uh, all ages, all mm. audiences yes. thing. Um, and Little Dick is a very risque joke. And we were just out here in the movie theaters letting them fly. Is it too late to write an angry letter about no, this? I, no. Well, you know, I think a lot of angry letters have been written about this film. It is not <laughs> a... To say it's not a beloved film is maybe an no. understatement. Um, it does not... Uh, it is, it's got a 22% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Cinema wow. score actually gave it a B, which isn't terrible, oh. but it had some pretty bad press. Uh, it, Rolling Stone said it was the sixth worst movie of 1994. Uh, the San Diego Union Tribune said it was in the top 12 worst. Uh, it got a dishonorable mention by the San Jose Mercury News, a dishonorable mention by the Pantograph. It, it it was not a terribly beloved film. However, it did make thirty million in the United States, and it made sixty two million worldwide. Hmm. So, not a colossal failure, but not a huge success. Not not for Julia Roberts' days. Not for then, a no. Julia Roberts. Yeah, exactly. What was the budget? Did it turn a profit? A minuscule one, I think. Like because that looks like at least a hundred mil on, on that one. Yeah, I I to the say best it turned a profit, budget was. Huge, huge. <laughs> I mean, they had to spend all that extra money giving her mock turtlenecks. That extra fabric adds up, costing the costume. I I do... One of the things I do love about the folklore of this film, though, is apparently how much Nick Nolte and Julia Roberts hated each other and the experience. Yes, yes. Uh, Nick Nolte was once quoted as saying that it was the worst film he had ever appeared in and that he felt he sold his soul by doing it only for the money. 
Mm. Um, and that that was why he was so tense on set. And he didn't have a good relationship with Julia Roberts, who has in the press said Nick Nolte is the worst actor she has ever worked <gasps> with. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Now, I understand it's not a perfect film. It doesn't it's not held up maybe well. But there's something about it, and it is actually a remake. It was a, I, I forget who was in the original, but th- but the template of I Love Trouble is fun, right? This the setting of two like really um, hardcore journalists who are fighting to get the scoop, falling in love. Like at the core, I love the world, right? I don't love the execution as I as I've gotten older. But I do still stand by my small child self that loved the world. And mm-hmm. so my thesis today is that we are ready for an I Love Trouble remake. Mm. And here's how we make it work in 2022. Now, I want to go on record as saying that we are recording this on September 29th. So I have not yeah. yet seen the film that I'm about you're, to mention. You're holding up a newspaper. like a Because, yes, I just want to prove to everyone. Well, because I want to make it very clear. That the film oh, that Shane and I can see that she's always been very interested in hostage situations and hostage <laughs> photography. She's just taking a page. But I just want everyone. I'm going on record as saying I've not yet seen this film, so don't at me. I haven't seen it. It doesn't come out till tomorrow. But the very fact that tomorrow on September 30th, in movie theaters across the country, a gay romantic comedy is dropping. Gromcom. It's a rom com, right? No, I said I said Gromcon. Gromcom, thank you. Thank <laughs> mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. It makes me excited because I think it, it it this bros coming out, Billy Eichner starring in that film proves to me that the world is ready for I Love Trouble LGBTQIA edition. And I think the only way we make it work is when we is is gay. Make it gay. Make it so gay. Make it so queer. Make it so fun. Make it bold make it bright and i think if we do that if we really lean into the beautiful camp of it all then i love trouble could be so much fun in this modern era what do you all think are you seeing it as a movie yes. or a show okay i movie. want it as a, i want it in i want it to be a popcorn event i want it to be you know i want a big studio budget because i'm gonna need vests too um and i want it to be like i, I but i but i'm Here's where I'm curious. Who could be the Julia Roberts and the Nick Nolte of a queer I Love Trouble big studio budget film to make it work? How do we make Welcome to Bitchville work? It's Patty Harrison and also Patty Harrison. Yes. <laughs> it's a it's a Patty Duke type thing. Mm-hmm. When, they, exactly. when you have the and, name Patty. And they are cousins, just like on the Patty on the Patty Duke show. I mean, oh. yeah. <laughs> But it's adopted, so it's like okay when they hook up, but they do look just alike. They're still oh, one has red hair. One has red right. hair. Okay. Okay. Well, one has I red hair it. and one has brown hair, but is known for wearing a wig. Like she, it's like in the script. She's like, they're like, oh, you're always wearing wigs, the senior reporter. And then she's like, well, as wow. us natural redheads are young reporters because she's like and two months younger. They have the chief. The chief is Wanda Sykes, and she's calling them in constantly. Yes, being exactly. like. Stop. Fighting. I knew when I hired identical cousins who was adopted who hate each other. You gotta solve the murder. Hmm. So this I'm what I'm hearing is is that it's Patty Duke meets Charles Bush meets like uh 
<laughs> oh, I take it back. It's it's Patty Harrison and Charles Bush, but there's two of each of them. So there's four people on <laughs> So it's also a big business. We're also yes. going to do a big business. Exactly. <laughs> big Eclair su- subplot. Big Eclair okay. subplot. In fact, we wow. can call the movie I Love Eclairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's either that or Welcome to Bitchville. We have it. We're going to test both. <laughs> and also, I would like to add that Charles Bush is in drag as Patty Harrison wearing the brown wig. <laughs> so this is we're, we're getting it as a strange loop here. It's it's uh, an wow. MC Escher <laughs> meets. Um, <laughs> Yeah, people yeah. are saying it's better than a strange loop on Broadway. <laughs> a lot I mean, of people are saying also, that. Also, this just sounds like the broadest of broad appeals. I mean, who doesn't know and love every single person <laughs> we're talking about right now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I haven't heard anything I don't like. So as far as I'm concerned, this is greenlit. I'm, I can't wait. I will say I love the idea of... I, I actually mean this honestly. Like, I yeah. love the idea of this movie being adapted into two older gay uh journalists writing for dying print gay journalism right entities. oh that yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. fun like if they're both like this is the scoop we need or like the M- east moline illinois pride book goes under if we don't have like a big scoop oh um, my god yes you know that's like um oh god who's the actor who plays uh meredith's dad on gray's anatomy um he's also on scandal He's um, he's he plays a reporter on Inventing Anna too. Uh, he plays one of the like Joe. Um, oh God, I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night screaming his name. But he plays. He's one of the our um, older reporters that sort of banished to the back halls yes. of the newspaper in Inventing Anna, and I think he would be so fun as one of them. Oh, Jeff Perry. Jeff Perry. Jeff yes, Perry. Jeff Perry as one of, like as a small town fledgling reporter trying to save oh, print journalism. Yes. Like, oh, yes. Laurie Metcalf's ex. Oh, yeah. Really? So she brings that to it. Yeah, they have Ooh, a job Ravitas. She's yeah. in Ravitas. She's in Young yeah. Children, their daughter. Yeah. yeah. I will say I am scared for the, the gay children of today that don't have, like, those... I remember just reading, a, like, the horribly written... Uh, <laughs> articles in the free gay press when I was like 11 and being like what is happening is this life but no it's not life it's just bad mm. prose I remember there was like <laughs> one that was about like I saw Silence of the Lambs and then I pierced my ear <laughs> I love it uh, made a big impression on me yeah absolutely oh, so good so good well thank you all for having, oh, no. bearing with me um, I'm, I, I can't wait to Go see this movie with you both uh, right. in the theaters. We'll share. Yeah, it. it's re-released. We'll go to Newport Cinema and we'll share some popcorn. Well, yeah, we can absolutely. go to Cheesecake Factory before. Oh, I'm not super familiar with Dick Nolte's career, so I did a. a I opened another tab and looked oh, at okay. his IMDb. Yeah, and, talk to me. Because I was like, he's like, this is the worst. Come on, dude. Um, he was coming off of Lorenzo's Oil though when he mm. made this, which for reasons he- I'm not clear on, my family watched like over and over again in my household. We watched a lot of Lorenzo's Oil. He is unfortunately good and in a lot of good movies and seems mm-hmm. horrible. Mm. Yeah. 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 One of those. There's many like it. Well, I think it's a good time to play another game. Yeah. So let's leave Nolte behind. Well, forget Nolte. A, a simple game. Hey, let's what? nix Nolte. <gasps> Whoa. Whoa. That's why BBC's coming, Colin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's why I get the big pounds. 
<laughs> All right, this game is just called What Would You Wear? Shane, oh. you've looked incredibly hot at several red carpet events covering them, like Met Gala, Oscars. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you these iconic events from the past, and you're going to oh, describe what you would wear had you been covering them. Okay. Now, great. for some reason, you do have knowledge of what happens at them at the time you're getting dressed, which would have to have been before. But well, whatever. that's the way it works in the industry. I know who wins the Oscars <laughs> yeah, when yeah, I show yeah. up. You didn't know this? Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, obviously I did. I was the, I had, you know, the boilerplate about the slap written weeks ago. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, all right. What if you were covering Woodstock 99? Oh, my God. Well, obviously, it's 1999. So I would, okay, Jinko's for sure. But in this fantasy, I'm also like a thin lady. So okay. not not just Jinko's jeans. I would be wearing the leg of Jinko's as a tube top. Um, <laughs> that's one of my favorite looks, one that we haven't really seen. And then for for to hold up the tube top, it would be one of those seatbelt buckle belts. Yes. Do you remember that? That yes, was a trend yes. I just loved. And along those lines, I would be wearing a ring by Marche Noir, a short-lived <gasps> Chicago. Was it Chicago? A short-lived like goth jewelry company that used to make these... Um, rings that were control keys like for keyboards mm-hmm, so that would mm-hmm. definitely be on my ring and then i would have you know frosted tips and uh by the way i'm still a woman here <laughs> frosted tips and a puka shell necklace mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and i don't know just a lot of maybe a skirt made entirely out of belt loops now um Ooh, this yes. is me thinking more about the 1999 of it all and mm-hmm. not not the Let's fallout stop. from it but i guess i would um you know, whatever. I have I have savior I, I'm not proud of it. I have a savior complex. Um I would wear I would have a backpack full of fire extinguishers and I would save the day. Yeah. Oh Great. yeah. Thank I God. love that. If only I you'd been that. there. Yeah. Um all right. What about the two thousand VMAs? If you'll remember, this is the award show where Britney stripped Wait, mm-hmm. Britney stripped? Yeah, in she 2000? pulled her clothes off. Yes. Was it when with the with the Cobra? No, that's the next year. She's dancing to Oops, I Did It Again, and she has a business suit on, and then she pulls it off. It's a tearaway suit. And people well, thought she was naked. She's actually in a, a beige bodysuit, but people thought she was naked for a second. I don't remember this, oh, which wow. is kind of saying something, because there's a lot of... Because I remember a lot. No, I remember a lot of stupid bullshit about um, you know VMA performances. However, something that I really love is counter-programming. Um, which is that you, you know, you imagine what everyone's going to be wearing an event and you say, well, I'm going to counter program and do something else. So like, you know, um, if you're going to a um, Tom Waits show and you know, everyone's going to be wearing a pork pie hat, you don't wear a pork pie hat. <laughs> so the counter programming that I would imagine is I show up wearing a regular uh, suit Mm-hmm. And then while I'm on camera, it is rigged with fishing line, magnets, and other, you know, special effects so that more clothes fly onto my body so that I go from being clothed to being, like, extremely cl- basically looking like a pile of dirty laundry while I'm while I'm reporting. That w- that's what I Beautiful. would do for the counter-programming of it all. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. it. I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. All right. What about the 1973 Oscars? Now, this is when Marlon Brando had Native American <laughs> civil rights activist Jasheen Littlefeather uh, accept his award. Black tie. <laughs> you know what? It's the Oscars. <laughs> You're going to meet Francis Ford Coppola. Time to look good. Okay. The first Emmys in 1949, which were held at the Hollywood Athletic Club. Ooh. I feel like for that. Now, 
I believe in erasing the distinction between costume and uh, fashion. I think Correct. that all all costume is fashion and all fashion is costume. Therefore, I would convincingly dress myself as a bottle of whiskey as Ooh. a way to make all the TV stars gravitate towards me so that, that I could get sense. better interviews. Wow. Mm-hmm. You'd have met I Lucy and Desi. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I think I would have met everyone. It seems like everyone was pretty tanked at the early Emmys. Yeah, right? yeah. Sure. All right. And finally, the 2008 Spike Guys Choice Awards hosted by <sighs> Cal Penn and John Cho. That was a great year. <laughs> mm, mm. I think I would adorn myself in the Wikipedia pages of Cal Penn and John Ooh. Cho so I could um, find out who those people are. <laughs> oh so I guess maybe a bunch of iPads. Were iPads invented in 2008? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so a bunch of iPads open to their Wikipedia. Oh, was Wikipedia? Yeah, Wikipedia was yeah, around in 2008. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's the look. Ooh. All right, that's beautiful. Wow, you are wow. on the best dressed list for all of these events. Congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, shit, I know who Cal Penn is. My bad. Oh, wait, yeah. this is... Okay, I feel just awful. I'm sorry, I opened another tab. You just mean Harold and Kumar, and I'm sorry that I only know them by their stage names. It's okay. Not everyone saw John Cho. Why didn't well, you just say Harold and Kumar? Why didn't you say John Cho and Cal... they did not Cal- host in character, okay? Okay, They've but done you other things, like working for of... Obama. <laughs> you're, okay, you're right. And you know what? That would probably be on their Wikipedia page. <laughs> Although I don't know if Obama was on the not, scene at that. Yeah, not at that time, not. but they he did. A, he was an Illinois preparing. senator. They were pre- so okay. Yes. Let me let me amend this. Now that I know who we're talking about here, <laughs> I would wear a gown made of iPads open to their Wikipedia page, and mm-hmm. also I would have um, some a local newspaper story about Obama's work as a state senator of Illinois open in one of the iPads, just as foreshadowing, since I, I'm omniscient in these, um, okay. in these situations. Okay. It's beautiful. Okay. Right. That, is, that is honestly beautiful. God damn it. Right. I'm sorry, Cal Penn and John Cho. I really okay. like the Harold and Kumar Christmas special, especially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, They've Jesus. done some great work. Talk about, this, is a, this is gotcha journalism right here. This is the mm-hmm. Katie Couric, Sarah Palin moment you were That's waiting right. for. That's mm-hmm. right. And Sarah Palin mm-hmm. is well-dressed as well. And so many things you have in common with her. <laughs> I well, this is a true story, but I was walking around Provincetown, which you may know is a very popular gay enclave this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was with someone who had eaten, according to his own report, he's like, I've had too many edibles. And he just oh, wow. said, he, he went, six o'clock, six o'clock, Sarah Palin. I was like, what? And I turned around and he was like, melon, melon colored shirt, pushing a baby carriage, Sarah Palin. And wow. I hate to say this about marijuana because I don't think of it as being hallucinogenic at all, but I did not see anyone with a melon shirt or a baby carriage, nor did I see a Sarah Palin. So as far as I know, the reports of Sarah Palin being in Provincetown are unfounded. Oh. Unfounded. Wow. Yes. Another scoop. Um, well, wow, while, wow. We, while we hit up Deux Mois, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with my thesis. Okay, Demois uh, told us to stop giving them tips. Mm. Honestly, I feel like they could have been a little calmer, but she was like, how many times a day are you going to slide into these DMs? Get out of here. I was like, okay, sassy. Well, we just wanted you to know about the melon shirt, and then it didn't happen. (laughs) 
Why is this so confusing? All right. So I have a thesis and it's so interesting, Lauren, the movie you chose to speak on because there's so many things in common with the movie I want to talk about, which is called Up Close and Personal and is a film I loved from the mid 90s. The things it has in common, it's about journalists. It Mm -hmm. is also a May-December romance, this time between Robert Redford and the aforementioned grieving Michelle Pfeiffer. (laughs) And... It is also not a very well-reviewed movie at all. (laughs) However, I loved it, and it is a different genre. It's a romantic drama. This was crazy, though. I did not realize that it was written by Joan Didion and John Gregory Dunn, her husband, Mm. and that John Gregory Dunn actually went on to write a book about the process of writing this movie because it was a really bad experience. What was the book called? The book was called slouching towards bethlehem and then yes credit for it Uh, you know i'm glad you brought up that didion (laughs) is a hack just a hack 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 i just like saying hack me too me too um, it's some. i'm sorry i'm not able to find it right it's something called like monster something hi monster hi (laughs) Yeah, it's called Hotel Transylvania. (laughs) I love that movie. Um, It is actually called Monster Living Off the Big Screen, and it's about dealing with the studio execs. So, and the movie is an adaptation of a biography, but they departed from that greatly. Uh, So to summarize the events of the film, spoilers, spoiler alert. uh, It is about Michelle Pfeiffer is a young kind of weather girl making her way in the news world in Miami. Robert Redford is the behind the scenes director, takes her under his wing. She gets promoted to uh, go to be an anchor in Philadelphia. And at that point, they just that they can start dating. Stalker Channing is in Philadelphia, though, mm. and she's, you know, Stalker Channing's ready to be a bitch. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. she's ready to go. Welcome to Bitchville. <laughs> <And> population <laughs> Stalker and Channing. And then, uh, oh, anyway, like, Michelle Pfeiffer is awesome journalist, inspires Robert Redford to go back into journalism, and here's the big spoiler, he dies in Nicaragua. Mm. Um, so this is my thesis, though. This is just a version of A Star is Born. And Mm. I realized we can have A Star is Born in every profession. (laughs) And we need to. We've been limiting it to the entertainment industry. But here we have one that's a journalism one. You could have them at anything. And to Lauren's point, the thing is we need to stop having just the older guy, Mm -hmm. younger Mm -hmm. woman. We can have A Star is Born in anything. Well, isn't Breaking Bad just A Star is Born in meth? <gasps> wow! <Well>. May December <laughs> with uh, with, with uh, Aaron Paul. Yeah, I guess it would be more like if um, Walter White had been doing it for a long time. Like if he was yeah. a grizzled expert yeah. when you meet him. Yeah, I also never, I never finished Breaking Bad, so I don't know. I also never that. finished it, but but I, I agree know. that we could definitely have a drug dealing mm-hmm. Star mm-hmm. Wars for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely, I would like to see one in uh like. A chef space could be great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, also a death during a a dinner service is such a great thing to do. Wow. Um, And they keep going. Well, as is giving like a speech during a dinner service about Mm -hmm. keep going is really good. You know, about keep going. (laughs) I think that's a great idea. 
I think so. Now, I should also mention that I think A Close and Personal is also mainly remembered as the movie that the song uh, Because You Loved Me by <gasps> Celine Dion is originally oh. from. No. So, and it won mm-hmm. a Golden Globe. So it, but I cannot emphasize to you enough this movie is not actually well liked. <laughs> uh, but once um, again, I do love it. But I don't think, I think Robert Redford and Michelle Pfeiffer like each other uh, as far as I know and don't have. Uh, have not and it actually made it made forty million dollars because budget was sixty million and box office was a hundred. So and I saw it at least forty times in the theaters. So so you're a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I did the work. I think we need one where Stalker Channing gets to be the Robert Redford character too. I want to see Stalker Channing in a in the in the Stars Born role, but she's a record producer. Mm. not wow. like the star like she's a producer and she's yes. like mentoring an up and coming producer mm-hmm. behind the scenes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just want to see Grease 3 yes. where Rizzo works at Planned Parenthood ooh I do, wow. like, I do like yep. that idea yep yep set in the present day yeah we're gonna have to age Stockard Channing <laughs> wait is that right I don't I can't do math if she was like 18 in the 60s Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, Greece takes place across, like, seemingly in the fifties, sixties, and seventies. Yeah, and today, <laughs> <laughs> and always. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Greece is the word, you know. The themes are mm-hmm. ever present. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I love this. Up close and personal but, is a but star. Then born. are we on like? So there's movies like mm-hmm. Spotlight, like won the Oscar, mm-hmm. like very serious journalism movies. Are there like fun journalism movies? That are well regarded. <laughs> uh, have oh. you ever seen the Brenda Starr movie? Brenda Starr. I haven't either, but I've always wanted to. <laughs> it's Brooke Shields <laughs> playing Brenda Starr. And uh, oh. you, you remember the comic strip Brenda Starr, mm-hmm. though, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brenda Starr, girl mm-hmm. reporter. But uh, yeah, they made it into a live action movie. I don't know. That one seemed like it might be fun. The paper is fun. I mean, it's But it, it's I like don't bleak. think it's well reviewed. Yeah. I think it's pretty misogynist, too. Isn't the whole message like, if you work, you'll be... <laughs> You'll be you'll, a member of what's the word? A citizen of Bitchville is basically yeah. the message of the paper, as I recall it. Yeah, I think the movie, the paper that Michael Keaton was in, was relatively well received. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. It wasn't. I don't think so. Well, Almost what? Famous was well received. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a yeah, that's a rock. Like yeah, yeah, but but totally, it was. Um, there was also He Said, She Said. Do you remember that one with oh, yeah. uh, Kevin yeah. Bacon and Elizabeth Perkins? I've seen that movie. That was all HBO showed in the early yeah. 90s. And it's it's not, it's actually, it's both not good, not well-reviewed. And I've seen it a million times and don't enjoy it. Would prefer not to see it again. Yeah. No, it's hard to think of ones that are like really fun and beloved. I mean, I network, broadcast news. I mean, yeah. Broadcast news. All those like super serious. Ones, they're all serious. But... Yeah, there's no like playful. Oh, broadcast and... news has some chuckles. Yeah, some chuckles. Yeah. Holly there's Hunter's crying as a funny motif in it. Yeah, that is cute. <laughs> yeah, we will need Holly Hunter in this. Oh, oh Holly naturally. Hunter should be in everything. I love. Holly Have you Hunter. guys seen in the save? Do you remember Saving Grace, her TV show? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I think about oh. it at least twice a day. One of the best. She is a first person narrated trailer to that TV show. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the it's really it's poetry where she says things like <laughs> what does she say? 
I want to be the most, I want to be the world's greatest aunt and the world's most complicated daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but okay. Journalism movies. That are fun. I don't know. Yeah. Like I'm looking at every like listicle I can find. They're all real serious. The ones that people consider good. Hmm. There's not a lot of playful ones. Wait, what about Straight Talk with Dolly Parton? I mean, she wasn't exactly a journalist, but she wasn't yeah. broadcasting. I'll give you that one. I'll give and you everyone, Straight Talk. Everyone knows that movie is great. Yeah, no one is going to fight you on that one. I think that mm-hmm. movie is pretty poorly regarded, guys. <laughs> I know. People no. hated it. I loved it. Remember, yeah. it's so touching at the end when everyone leans on their horn. What's that sound? <laughs> oh, what is it? Anyone who loves you, and then he honks his horn too. It's so good. I can't believe James Woods got to share the screen with Dolly Parton. It's so, so offensive. Uh huh. There's a so good rude. boob boob sight gag joke in that movie too. Do you remember that? Where no. she takes off her bra and then he goes, "Holy moly!" <laughs> I'm in. Straight talk, straight talk. Think of me like down a hue. Straight talk, straight talk. Oh my god! Apparently Tracy Letts was in that film. Great. Mm. Good. <laughs> makes you think. <laughs> <laughs> really makes you think. That's where you thought of August Osage County. <laughs> um, I feel like there's we're missing some big one, aren't we? I don't I'm know. I'm trying to look. I'm really coming up with nothing. Hmm. Nothing that's got that sweet spice of well-regarded and chuckles. Oh, what is the the Meryl Streep one where she plays Catherine Graham? The Post? Is that what it's called? Yeah. That one's not like fun, though. <laughs> That's kind of fun, isn't it? I don't know. Fun is relative. <laughs> fun is relative. Isn't fun it? is relative. I mean, I guess you All could right. say the devil wears Prada, but I don't think that really. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there I mean, we go. it's as close. I mean, we're just as not coming up with it. Yeah. So, <sighs> I guess stand stands. Oh wait, there we go. No. Funny yeah, face. Yeah. Funny face. Funny face. What is? Yeah, funny, funny face. face. The Audrey Hepburn musical that has think pink in it, where it's about. I guess when you when you get fashion journalism into it, you know the uh, stupidest yeah, then we have part of journalism, yeah, then things start fun. being fun. You know? There okay. you go. Okay, well there you have it, folks. If you want a movie about journalism to be well received and fun, it's got to be about fashion. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, wow. my goodness, I, I think we're coming near the end. But before we go, Shane, as a professional journalist and uh, creator of culture. Is there any final thoughts that you have about journalism in media? Oh, I mean, on a serious note, it's really, I get very depressed by the continued trope of women sleeping with sources in order mm-hmm. to get their scoop. Because uh, men do it too. No, but I, I, find, <laughs> I find that really boring and predictable and upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know. I feel like everyone should go see Brenda Starr because I haven't. So <laughs> there's like a 50-50 chance of everyone having a great time. That's just math. <laughs> yeah, math. take a risk. Well, Shane, for everyone that wants to follow your next byline and stan you hard, where can they follow you? I'm Shane Island on um, on socials. I happen to know that Caitlin misread my social media handle as for Shane years. is land for many years. For years. <laughs> so you can follow me uh, at Shane Island or at Shane is land. It will you know, bring if it you helps to you remember how island is spelled. <laughs> Shane is land is very funny. Shane I, is land. I am land. <laughs> Spot the lie. Spot the lie. Well, Stan Stans, uh, we we have some. Uh, what's the word you would use to describe this? Um, interesting news. We have, a, 
We have uh, an update uh, an about update. the the future of We Stand Together. We are uh, ending our time here on the More Banana Network, and we cannot thank Kate and Jesse enough for uh, taking us on, taking us on as little baby podcasters back in 2019. It's actually when and we started. With and their help and their support, we have put together 130 episodes of pop culture pop yeah. culture madness and uh, kate and jesse are the reason this podcast sounds good it's the reason you've ever been able to listen to it anywhere yeah. <laughs> so we cannot thank them enough this is by no means the end of we stand together we are continuing but there will be a brief hiatus as we transition and uh full discretion folks we don't know what this transition is gonna bring uh we're figuring it out if you want to stay up to date with us and find out what comes next if you haven't already be sure that you smash that follow button follow us at we stand social we're on instagram we're on twitter sometimes we're on tiktok you know be sure to bookmark we stand so that way you'll be the very first to know when we have an update about where we're going what we're doing um, also, we stand social gmail.com. If you have ideas, if you have pitches, if you're like, you know what? All I've wanted to produce this show for as long as I've been listening, or if you happen to be Joshua Jackson and Jody Turner Smith, you know, just slide in. Let us know. Um, we want to thank everyone once again at More Banana. We want to thank everyone who's been listening. And uh, don't worry, you're not getting rid of us that easy. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Right. We want to thank oh. Shane for being. Uh, the perfect finale for our more banana chapter. I really love you guys and I really love your podcast and thanks for having me on. It's it's it really is an honor. I love you guys. Oh, love thank you. So you. Much. Shane is land and Stan Stan, <laughs> you will be hearing from us soon. Fear not. We love you. Thank you for all your support and listening to us. Thank you, Lauren, for being on this journey with me. You, and Lauren. it's only continuing. You know what? From we stand to our stand stands, we stand you. We stand together. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar of Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan Yeah.